Polet was a little girl from Mexico who was four years old. One day she went missing from her bedroom on March 22, 2010. This happened in a place called Huixquilucan de Degollado, which is in Mexico. Later, people found her body in a way that made them feel suspicious about it. When Paulette disappeared, her family started looking for her. They used things like TV, ads, social media and tried to find her. Hello everyone and welcome to Noches de Terror to Study English. My name is Cesar and I am a university English teacher in Mexico. As a language learner myself, siempre me ha gustado aprender con historias y películas de terror. Así que me hice la pregunta, ¿por qué no un podcast para aprender inglés con temáticas de terror? Y así nació esta idea. Espero les guste and you too can enjoy these stories while learning English. This story has been adapted for A2 learners and if you would like to listen along with subtitles, you can check our YouTube channel. Also, feel free to change the speed if you think I am speaking too fast. In our fifth episode, we will talk about one of the most disturbing and controversial cases of a missing child in Mexico. We will talk about the case of Polet Guevara Fara. Polet Guevara Fara was born on July 20th, 2005 in Huixquilucan, a place in the state of Mexico. Her parents are Lisette Fara and Mauricio Guevara. They got married in 2001 and their wedding had 600 guests. They said their vows in a church called Madre de Dios de Sestochoa in a small area named Lomas de Tecamachalco, Neucalpan. Lisette's parents are Lidia Fara Morales and Bechara Naim Fara. Bechara Naim Fara came from Lebanon to Mexico and became a successful businessman. Lisette grew up in a wealthy family and went to the best private schools. She later became a lawyer. Mauricio, on the other hand, worked hard and built a successful real estate business with his brother. La primera hija de la pareja, quien también se llamaba Lisette, nació en 2003. Dos años después, en 2005, Mauricio y Lisette estaban emocionados por tener otro bebé. Sin embargo, esta vez el embarazo no ocurrió como esperaban. Paulette was born early, after just 25 weeks of being inside her mother, and she was very small. She weighed only 800 grams and was 35 centimeters long. Right from where she was born, Paulette had some problems. She had trouble moving and speaking, which made it hard for her to do things like other kids. This meant she had to see the doctor a lot, take expensive medicine and do therapy sessions. She also needed extra help every day. To make it easier for Paulette's parents, two sisters named Erika and Marta Casimiro took care of her all the time. They were her nannies and helped her all day and night. En la noche del 21 de marzo de 2010, Paulette, su hermana y su papá regresaron a casa después de un viaje a Valle de Bravo y se dirigieron a su departamento en Huixquilucan. La mamá de las niñas se quedó despierta hasta tarde para asegurarse de que se fueran a dormir. On the morning of March 22nd, one of the nannies, Erika, went into Paulette's room to wake her up, but Paulette wasn't there. Erika told Paulette's mom and they both started looking around the building. Paulette's dad told his sister about his daughter who was missing, and his sister told the people in charge in Huitzquilucan. Later, the mayor, Alfredo del Mazo Maza, told the state of Mexico's attorney general, Alberto Vaz Vaz, about what happened. 
After they first looked all around the apartment building, Paulette's family said they couldn't find her. They didn't find any signs of someone stealing her or taking her away. The locks on the doors and windows were still okay. The place had security cameras, but they didn't record any proof that Paulette left or was taken. Paulette couldn't go out by herself because she had problems with moving and speaking. In the afternoon of that same day, the attorney general put out a picture of Paulette on a poster. The poster had details about how old she was, what she looked like, and her physical problems. Paulette's aunt, Arlette Farah, sent emails and put her picture on social media, which made a lot of people hear about it. Later that evening, Paulette's mom spoke on TV to the person who might have taken her. She asked for Paulette to be given back and said that nothing bad would happen if they let her in a busy place like a shopping center. After this, she gave out papers with Paulette's picture on them, put up big signs on the streets and showed ads on TV and buses to help find Paulette. Mauricio también apareció en televisión y pidió que su hija regresara con él. Recordó que había salido a trabajar en la mañana del 22 de marzo y fue entonces cuando parecía que Paulette había desaparecido. Luego, el 29 de marzo, el fiscal general afirmó que los padres de Paulette y las niñeras Erika y Marta Casimiro tendrían que seguir ciertas reglas porque sus testimonios no coincidían y estaban diciendo cosas que no eran verdaderas. Cada uno de ellos en cierto momento ha falsificado sus declaraciones, lo que ha dificultado conocer la verdad de los hechos y aclarar una línea sólida de investigación, dijo el entonces fiscal general Alberto Vazvaz. On March 30th, Paulette's parents were at the police station for many hours and they were taken to a hotel because of the rules they had to follow. On that day, experts from the police put blankets in their house to recreate what might have happened. On March 31st, nine days after she went missing, a team of three forensic experts entered Paulette's room at 2 a.m. They walked over to the bed, taking measurements and describing its features out loud. All their actions were recorded on video. At a certain point, one of them said twice that Paulette had been severely beaten to death. Shortly after, the forensic expert on his right removed the blanket from the bed, uncovering two large bloodstains, one of which was as big as an adult's head. The same person then went to the front of the bed with the assistance of another expert. They removed all the sheets, revealing Paulette's body, partially concealed on one side of the mattress. Even after this, the general attorney, Bas Bas, quickly said that she was not beaten. Paulette had died by accident because of mechanical asphyxia, due to something blocking her nose and her chest and stomach getting pressed. An examination after death showed that Paulette used a special orthopedic cloth on her mouth while sleeping. This cloth was used each night to keep her mouth closed while sleeping. Her body was not moved after she died and she had eaten at least five hours before she passed away. The body had two pieces of rectangular sticky cloth on both cheeks placed vertically. There were also signs of a hit on her left elbow and knee. The official results, however, did not show any sign of physical or sexual harm. The examination also found that she died between five and nine days before the study was done, which means she might have died on the first day. 
This information was given on March 31st, but they didn't share the exact date and time when she died. El documento oficial también menciona que no había indicios de drogas o sustancias perjudiciales en su cuerpo que pudieran haber afectado la conciencia de la niña. El resultado final fue que Paulette se movió en la cama por sí misma y accidentalmente cayó de cabeza en un espacio al final de su cama. Esto hizo que no pudiera respirar correctamente y, lamentablemente, falleció debido a esto, permaneciendo desapercibida durante nueve días. Although it's a very unfortunate situation, this case stood out in Mexico and attracted a lot of attention because there were many differences between what the parents, the nannies, and even the information from the media shared with the public. Paulette's nannies, Erika and Marta Casimiro, strongly stated that the girl's body was not beneath her mattress. Marta mentioned, Miré en el baño, debajo de la cama y en el armario. Vi que no estaba ahí. También entré en el dormitorio de los padres para buscarla. En el dormitorio de la otra niña, la hermana mayor de Paulette, Lisette. Y desde ahí volvimos a buscarla y volví a buscarla en el dormitorio, dijo. Y Erika declaró, De hecho, si hubiera sido así, creo que lo hubiéramos notado, ya que miles de personas vinieron a buscarla. La cama estaba hecha, nunca vi el colchón jaloneado, no vi un bulto ni nada. No tiene sentido para mí que el cuerpo pudiera haber estado ahí desde el lunes. A close friend of Fara, Amanda de la Rosa, was allowed to stay in Paulette's room for a few days right after the girl went missing. During this time, Amanda slept in Paulette's room, which wasn't secured by the authorities. While she was there, the bed was tidied up every day, but no one noticed the girl's body or the bloodstains on the sheets as shown in the forensic video. Because of this, Amanda was considered a possible suspect, but no charges were brought against her. After the investigation concluded, she wrote a book titled Donde Está Paulette, where she shared her personal perspective of the events. In the book, she raised questions about the differences between the facts and the statements made by the authorities. Even though the local authorities provided the video to the media as proof of how they found the body, there are multiple concerns regarding its authenticity. Many experts agree that it appears to be a recreation, rather than a real-time occurrence. This might explain how one of the forensic experts knew about the beating before any evidence was discovered. The position of the camera and the arrangement of the forensic experts perfectly positioned to display all the details to the public without any obstructions also raise suspicions. Additionally, observers have noted that none of the people present seemed surprised upon finding the body and they continued describing the events in a mechanical manner as if reading from the script. The timing of the video's recording was also unusual such legal procedures are typically conducted during daylight hours. Tiempo después, un video de YouTube titulado El extraño caso de la pijama de Paulette atrajo la atención y se compartió ampliamente en las redes sociales. El video compara imágenes del cuerpo de Paulette vistiendo pijamas de reno con azul y rojo en una entrevista con Farah, grabado unos días antes del descubrimiento del cuerpo de la niña donde se puede ver la misma pijama en su habitación. Una vez que esta revelación se hizo pública, la cadena de televisión emitió la entrevista completa sin editar, incluyendo todos los preparativos previos a la entrevista. 
Durante la entrevista, mientras Farah y la reportera revisan varios objetos que pertenecían a Paulette, se puede ver la pijama que se menciona. Cuando le preguntaron al respecto, Farah mencionó que la pijama en realidad le pertenecía a la hermana de Paulette. Even though this statement was made, the pajamas were still found among Paulette's possessions, and they could be seen in later interviews inside Paulette's closet. The family never notified the authorities about having a second pair of identical pajamas, the same as the one she was wearing when she went missing. What exactly happened to these pajamas remains unknown. If you enjoyed this episode, please let me know in the comments, like it and share it with more people so they can learn and enjoy with Noches de Terror to study English. I'm Cesar, till the next episode. See you.